The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn News. It was crushing. Crushing. I mean, here I was. I think I was 23 or 24 and my career was over. I felt like it had just begun. Now what? Welcome to The Path. I'm Ryan Roslansky, the CEO of LinkedIn. And on this show, I sit down with the world's top leaders to talk about the decisions that shape their unique careers and how these valuable lessons can help you forge your own path. Today, I'm talking with Donna Arinder. Donna started her career as a professional basketball player in the 70s, playing for the first ever women's professional league. But when the league was disbanded just a few years later, Donna had to start down a completely different career path. She got into media and went on to the golf world, building what's now PGA Tour Entertainment from the ground up, until being asked to become the WNBA's second president and turn the organization around. Here's how Donna Arinder paved her path. I really want to start by going way, way back uh, on your career path. You know, a young Donna growing up in Long Island. Uh, I'm curious if you even remember what you wanted to be when you grew up. I wanted to be a doctor. If I take that theme and I stretch it out a little bit, I think it was always about wanting to positively impact somebody's life. And like many future doctors, you hit organic chemistry in college and you're like, yeah, maybe I didn't really want to do that. That's <laughs> so true. When did you start playing any sports or what were the sports you were playing? I, I was just so drawn to sports. I think some of it was about my dad. Every single morning he'd sit down, read the, the sports section, and he was so excited about all the teams. And so I started to play and I love to play. Honestly, I was just a young girl who wanted to play probably in a time when people weren't so excited about girls playing and there weren't as many opportunities as they were today. But ultimately, I ended up playing seven sports in high school. Wow. Do you remember the sports? I do. I do. I do. Field hockey, volleyball, ran track, did gymnastics, softball, basketball. And then, of course, the thing that really set me on my career is I played on the boys tennis team. So there's seven. And I actually thought tennis was my best sport. And I wanted to play on the girls' tennis team. And I couldn't play on the girls' tennis team because there was no girls' tennis team. <laughs> and at a, at a young age, I think it was baby 14, I went to the boys' coach to say, I want to play on your team. Yeah. And he said, if you want to play, then you can earn your opportunity and you'll meet a, a guy, uh, this guy on this court at this time. And if, if you beat him, you're on the team. Oh, my gosh. And you did. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I earned my varsity letter uh, in, men's, in men's tennis. It was great. That's a, that's such an awesome story. And I, it sounds like you've got this tennis career going, but you've also got what sounds like a pretty amazing basketball career going in high school as well. I mean, where did the leper basketball come from? To me, basketball is poetry in motion. It's dance. It's ballet. It's actually mathematics. It's geometric. Um so I, I really, truly still love the game and have been fortunate that it's played actually more than an avocation, but it became a professional vocation unexpectedly. And I would say that, you know, life is about being, is, is dealing with the unexpected, but being open to the unexpected. After high school, Donna was offered sports and academic scholarships for college, but she turned them down to play at Queens College with one of the best women's basketball teams in the country. And it turned out to be a great decision. Donna and the rest of the team made history when they were invited to play at Madison Square Garden. 
They were the first college women's basketball team to play in the arena. After undergrad, Donna went to graduate school for social work. Did you see basketball as part of your, like where your professional career was going? I always thought that if you played basketball after you were 16, <laughs> you were kind of a loser, right? <laughs> 16 and then it's time to live your life. I think I was just, had just turned 20, 21 and I was still playing and I was just beginning. I so didn't want it to ever end. They were starting a women's league, a professional league. Never, who, who, it wasn't part of my thinking. Yeah. And um, I got an invitation to play, try out beyond the New York Stars. So um, I was in graduate school and I did both for a while. And I said, yeah, you have to make some decisions. I couldn't play basketball forever, but I could always go back and get my um, graduate degree. And so I decided that I would pursue my professional basketball career. Amazing. So you try out for the team. You obviously make the team. It's a new league. What, what, what was that all like during that time? I, you know what? It was exhilarating. I I love the game. I love playing. I love playing at the highest level. So being part of an elite group of athletes, it was all so new for everyone. I mean, these teams were so under-resourced and underfunded. We would get on a plane and fly to San Francisco, play the San Francisco Pioneers, and we'd fly back the same night so we didn't have to pay for a hotel. But honestly, like I was living the dream. I was doing something that so many in the world wanted to do. They wanted to be a professional athlete. And here I was making this enormous salary of $5,500 a season, right, to play. I, all I had to worry about was whether my tube socks, at that point, the style was you had colored rings, whether they matched my shorts. And I, had a, and I was committed to actually being the best player I could. So that meant taking on the latest in terms of training and all those kinds of things. Um, but I, I honestly... I loved it and it was formative. At a certain point though, and you know, remind me how this went down, the, the WBL gets disbanded, right? Yeah, after three years, uh, they didn't have enough money to continue. I'm proud, I think I'm one of 12 players maybe that played all three years. Wow. Uh, and then they decided they just couldn't go on anymore. They had to disband and it was crushing. Yeah. Crushing. I mean, here I was, I think I was 23 or 24 and my career was over. I felt like it had just begun. Now what? It wasn't like I had this, you know, extended plan. I know I meet a lot of young people today. Like, here's my five-year plan, my 10-year plan. I'm like, I have a five-minute plan. Yeah. Now what do I do? <laughs> when I was playing basketball, I would meet so many people. And Chicago in particular was a wonderful and remains a wonderful sports town. And so I became friends with a lot of the media guys. I was asked to fill in on radio stations and do broadcasts. I was hired to do this thing called like, wow, this is talk about ancient sports phone where you actually did scores on telephones. And so I was building this little media, you know, broadcast writing because I'd write all my own stuff career. And I realized I really liked it. And I decided that that would be a path I would take. I'd go back to New York and I would try to get into the sports broadcasting media business. And ultimately, that's what happened. Donna took her sports knowledge and skills in writing and broadcasting and dove into media in the 80s when cable TV was a new and exciting disruption to sports entertainment. She started as a production assistant at ABC Sports, went onto the Sports Channel, and even started her own production company working with NBA Entertainment. Then she got connected with a friend of a friend who was starting a company called PGA Tour Productions and wanted to make entertainment content from golf. 
It wasn't an obvious choice for Donna, but she jumped on board to build out TV and radio entertainment for the company. And she ended up staying at the PGA Tour for 17 years. I learned so much. Working inside that company, I felt like I truly was an entrepreneur. I was given tremendous leeway to create. I was so proud to have created PGA Tour Radio. And people would say, golf on the radio? That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and yet I didn't hear crazy. And we created it and it was amazing. I was a lone woman, if you will, at the senior levels of a very male sport. And I learned a lot about that too. There's so many lessons to learn no matter what job you have, whether it's hard, whether you hate it, whether you love it. And of course, we all want to love it. And we all want to be passionate about it. But the important thing is to take the lessons that are in front of you, be open to them as you move through life, because then you're actually building your own belief system that translates into life satisfaction and, and happiness and a feeling of fulfillment. And those are the things at the end of the day, isn't that what we seek? And by the way, we have to be open that our belief systems will change. It's yeah. not like changing your values. I want to be a good person. That's not going to ever change. But our belief systems as it relates to our work could change a little bit yeah. as we move through. Like I might want to be 100% focused all in on that job for this many years. To, yeah. And that's fine. And then you get to another stage of your career and that could alter a little bit. I found like ultimately when I stepped away from the WNBA, I was like, I just want to work with really good people because that really does matter. I want to do something that's meaningful and has impact. Yeah. And truthfully, most work in jobs, no matter what it is, does have an underlying value of impact. Yeah. And you have to figure out what it is or you can create it actually and align with that. And, I, and, you know, I, I can give you an example. I worked for 17 years at the PGA Tour, yeah. and I worked through a lot of the greatest, greatest golf athletes in the world, very intimately and closely. And you can say, you know, our job was to make the players more money. That's not so exciting. But, yes, I accepted it as my job, and I, re and I generated tons and billions of dollars of revenue. But what I loved was the impact we had from community to community. And every morning I can get up knowing that that every community was better because mm -hmm. the PGA Tour was there, because Tiger Woods was there, because yeah. all of these guys were there. And so you find those places. Those things are always there in a job. And the last thing is this, is, you, is, is fun, is, is an experience of enjoyment. That work actually can be fun. And I say that to yeah. my kids and I can, if they were behind me, would they cringe now? I think now they're old enough to <laughs> know that there is joy in everything we do and it's important to find it and also experience that as well. Donna built the global TV and production business of the PGA Tour from the ground up, bringing in billions of dollars of revenue. Her work for the tour was hugely successful and Donna had no plans to leave. But then one day, she got a call from Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, asking her to become the WNBA's second ever president. My whole path was guided by the fact that I was an athlete. Yeah. Right? It, it instilled a confidence in me, a belief. I always could look around and say, listen, I achieved at the highest level on the playing field. And so there's no reason why I can't bring that to off the playing field, right? Into mm -hmm. the boardrooms. And so I, 17 years at the PGA Tour was an enormously gratifying, very productive experience. But then one day the phone rang and it was Adam Silver. 
And we had been good friends for quite a long time. And he said, hey, you know, it's time for us to have a change. We had worked together when I had my own company. He said, would you consider coming here? So many people did so many good things for me. It was time for me to pay it forward. And so if I could summon all of this goodness that I had, I was the beneficiary of, all of the good learning, all of the great experience, the global, you know, connections that I had and try to elevate basketball, especially women's basketball and women's sports, then perhaps it was time for me to do that. And that's how it happened. It took me a while to decide because life was pretty cushy there. Yeah. And, uh, and this was not going to be easy. And honestly, I could not have anticipated how challenging it was. First of all, I had no idea what kind of shape it really was in. Lesson for anybody looking for a job, um, there should be some cheat sheets, Ryan. You should get them out and say, here are all the questions you should ask. And after you've asked those, here's the 10 more you should ask that you didn't. Like I looked at the P&L, but I didn't really check the, the contractual terms. I didn't know that $11 million was going to walk out the door the day I walked in. I wow. didn't know they were even at risk. I should have known that. But that's okay. Live and learn. I didn't realize how disconnected uh, internally the WNBA was at the time when I got there. But I spent literally over a year externally talking to and visiting with every single team. Who are you? Where are you? What works for you? What doesn't? What are you seeing? What do we need to do? And then understanding that there was this underlying belief system in this product. But there was also a counter energy to that. So how do we take this belief system, fortify it, and build on that so that we would have a sustainable business that people would believe in and then invest in? Because until people could believe in something, they're not going to invest in it. Right. So um, it took me a really long time to do it. It took me about three years. And in that process, I, I had to learn how not to hear the negative and not to be sidelined by the nose. Like, right. It's like kind of like I, I, I always have this image. I've, I've talked about it before. My hands are over my ears. My eyes are closed. And we always talk about being open to the world. I am open to the world. But I wasn't going to let the world crush us or me. It was too important. It was too important to the young girls, right? The professional women, the older women who are really looking to see success, families. And it was important to my sons, right? Because they grow up with girls, young girls, and I want them all to look at each other with respect and a belief in equity that we should have access to the same kind of opportunities. And that starts at a very, very young age. And that happens when young girls and young boys attend games like, the WNBA or the NWSL or see track stars succeed or see someone like Katie Ledecky create the most right auspicious record in swimming. All those things go to say, listen, we all have value and therefore we should all have the opportunity to create and contribute value to the world. So that drive and that desire and the inspiring way that you look at the world, it feels like uh, a big reason that you were able to turn the WNBA around. And I know that you spent, you know, roughly six years there. And at a certain point, it was it was time for you to, to not be there anymore. Yeah, it was really, really hard, but it was also the best. And, you know, when you work that hard and the best, you not only learn about the world, but you learn about yourself. And I learned a lot about myself, too. I did feel like it was kind of a litmus test of my life. And so it was very personal in that way. But when it was time to go, you know, I had spent six years 
My kids were at home. They're about to go to high school. They weren't moving to New York. My husband's business wasn't. Um, and you know, it's funny, a lot of women and now even men, right? Have there's family real life decisions that go into these things. And we often don't see them. They're often behind a curtain. But it was time for me to go home to be with them and also start my own company. I was exhausted. I was really tired. Um, and I also knew I, but I, I knew that I wanted this work to be a part of my going forward life, the work on behalf of women and girls and equity. And so I came home and I, and I created this platform called Generation W. In 2011, Donna started her own consulting firm, Arindra Unlimited, and Generation W, a nonprofit providing a platform to bring women together to educate, inspire, and connect through mentorship and national events. Someone asks you, you know, hey, Donna, like, what is your best career advice or how should I think about my career? What do you typically tell them? Expect the unexpected and, and try to be ready. And even if you're not, taking that in and learning how to handle it is very valuable. But try not to get upended by the unexpected because that is truly life. Be open to everything. There is learning in everything. There is as much value as learning what you don't want to do as what you want to do. And then the third thing that I believe wholeheartedly that has not changed in this rapidly changing environment and the workspace and values is, damn it, you got to want to work. You got to want to do the work. You can't sit there and expect it to come to you. I, I can't tell you how many times somebody will say, well, listen, like I didn't know that or nobody told me. Okay, take initiative. And if something's not moving you to take initiative, find the thing that does, but you gotta work that initiative muscle. Some people have that kind of internal motivation and that's great, but you owe it to yourself, right? To bring it from within and try to make it happen because it just doesn't fall in your lap, right? There's so much to do and the world is exciting. So let's continue to step in and accomplish great things and lift each other up. Every time I talk with Donna, I'm blown away by her energy and determination. She just loves being in the game, whether it's on the field, in the boardroom, or in life. She takes it all, the good and the challenging, head on. Throughout her entire career, Donna's been open to change and she's fought to be the best she could be. Whether as a basketball player, an executive, or an entrepreneur, Donna has been great on the job and she's made lasting impressions. Donna has a talent for taking good opportunities and turning them into gold just by how she shows up on the job. So how can you turn opportunities that come your way into meaningful experiences? And what are the pillars for being great on the job that can help you become indispensable and in demand? We'll be back with that after the break. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time. 
and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Welcome back to The Path. Before the break, we heard Donna tell us about one of the lowest moments in her career, when her path as a professional athlete abruptly came to an end. But she pulled herself up and rebuilt a whole new path from scratch. She started to specialize in sports media, built strong networks, and when she got an unexpected opportunity from the PGA Tour, she took it in full force. At the PGA Tour, and with so many other experiences, Donna created the conditions to make each opportunity that came her way shine. To help you create that in your own career, Jody Glickman, the CEO and founder of Great on the Job, is here to offer some tips. One of the things that struck me about Donna was her ability to take a ton of initiative and find learning and growth in every opportunity. It's really interesting that the PGA for Donna turned into an incredibly, incredibly successful, lucrative, admirable career. But let's not forget, it started as a job, and it could have simply been that, It wasn't that it was the most perfect opportunity that came her way or that it was fun and sexy and exciting. She went into the opportunity with an open mind and with a focus on having meaning and purpose and driving impact. And she created those conditions. The impressions she made were always really strong. People saw her work ethic. They saw her dedication. They saw her willingness to learn and to grow. And that's what definitely sets you apart. People see you as being, quote, great on the job, and then new opportunities come your way. What great on the job talks a lot about is making opportunity happen for yourself through something I call the gift of great on the job. And gift stands for generosity, initiative, forward momentum, and transparency. And the beauty of gift is that these aren't skills we all need to learn. They're muscles we can flex. Are you being generous? Are you adding value to your team? Are you sharing information, sharing resources, sharing credit? Are you walking in every day and asking yourself, how can I make my team's life better or easier? How can I make my boss's life better or easier? Initiative, forward momentum, you saw those themes come up over and over. Donna was incredibly proactive in everything she did. She wasn't waiting for opportunity to come to her. And transparency, I always say I'm not super focused on ethics necessarily. It's not about not lying in business, which obviously we can't do, but being really forthright with information. When you see a problem, highlighting it. If you don't know information, being really transparent and then going and figuring it out. And so I think gift can be guiding principles. You can ask yourself the question, was it a generous way to handle that situation at work? Am I making it better or easier for people? Am I focusing on forward momentum? Or did I hit a wall and I just went to my boss and said, I don't know what to do? Instead of saying, okay, 
here's where I am. Here's when I'm thinking of moving the ball forward. Do you agree with that or not? Or raising a red flag when you see a problem and not hiding behind it, but saying, you know what? Here's what went wrong. Here's how I'm thinking of solving it. That's initiative. That's generosity. That's forward momentum. It's transparency. So they all come together and can give you a sense of how you can work well in a team setting so that you become trusted, respected, admired, indispensable. When you're thinking about your next role, it's not necessarily going to be this amazing thing that you start with all at once. It's what you do with the opportunity. It's your own intellectual curiosity. It's your own ability to take initiative and to dig in. Donna did that beautifully. And I genuinely believe we all have that ability in our roles to be great on the job so that we create these careers that are phenomenally exciting, purpose-filled, and meaningful. So here's my takeaway. Stay humble and work hard. Get your hands dirty. When Donna was first getting into sports media or when she realized how much work there was to be done at the WNBA, She didn't shy away from challenges. She took initiative and focused on doing the best she could. So in your career, strive to be great on the job and take ownership for what you could create. Like Donna says, things aren't going to fall into your lap. You gotta wanna work. And when you do, you can make an ordinary opportunity into a huge success for you and your team. Follow the path for more episodes weekly and join the conversation about each episode on linkedin.com slash the path. The path is a LinkedIn editorial production. Our production team includes Ava Adnabegi, Stephen Baldivia, and Rachel Wong. Enrique Montalvo is our executive producer. Dave Pond is head of news production. Our head of original programming is Courtney Coop, and Dan Roth is our editor-in-chief. Thanks to Tatiana de Almeida, Caroline Gaffney, and Valerie Berry. And a big thank you to Jody Glickman. If you want to get more of her tips and insights, follow her on LinkedIn. 